0: This gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Bless us from your holy hills. In Jesus' most wonderful name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 and 2. Matthew chapter 7, I read verses 1 and 2. Judge not that you be not judged. Matthew 7 verses 1 and 2. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. <laughs> I never thought I would ever preach on, a, on this verse of scripture. Um, mm-hmm. That's the issue with you spending so much time asking God, what do you want your people to hear? Um, it's one of those last places I think I will bother to preach about. All scripture we believe, and if the Lord asks us to preach from any part of the Bible, either Some very suggestive verses in Song of Solomon on to (laughs) Revelation chapter 20 (laughs) the white throne judgment we will preach. So, we will listen to this today. Now, this particular verse of scripture um, is one of the most quoted but least understood passage of scripture um, that has very minimal compliance even amongst believers. And um, the world has probably popularized popularized this verse possibly more than the church. And what I've learned is that whatever the devil has got his teeth into, whatever the devil has got so much interest in, you better pay attention. Because it's a counterfeiter and he will only counterfeit what has got a worth or a value. I've been in Tesco before. I tried to put a 50-pound note into the self-checkout. You know, it doesn't take it. And the reason is very simple. You could go in there, take a counterfeit note. You know, they don't discount it, but they, still, they just can't risk it. Or um, talk less of the 100 pound notes that we have only in Scotland. And so when you look at the wall, you find that the devil has put his teeth in some particular things like money, like worship. And over the years, we as believers, we have abrogated our responsibility, abdicated, and just said, devil, just have it, but no more. And so this one verse of the scripture that the devil seems to have taken and we are missing out on it. I pray today there will be a greater understanding in Jesus' name. Now, it's a very central part of scripture. And if you look up, if you put it back on the screen for me now, please. Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 and 2. And get ready to switch between Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 6 verse 38. So get ready to switch between them. If you can put the two verses, that's the way you do it. So that makes it easier. And then get ready to swap that with Luke chapter 6, verse 38. All right, judge not that. Thank you very much. All right, okay, let's go to that one. All right, Um, what about your previous one? It's not coming as, you can do it as both. Let's read through it again. Um, I want to establish this very quickly. Okay, if you're not moving. All right, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. Will be put into your bosom, for with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Keep that on the screen. Can you remember Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2 that we read? All right? So, what are the similarities between this one and Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2? It says, Judge not that you be not judged. No, judge. no leave one there. Leave one. So that, yeah. Leave the other one. Thank you. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. What did it say? Okay good measure press down shake together and will be put into your bosom he then goes on here to say for with what judgment you judge what does he say there for with the same measure that you use okay it says for with this judge for with what judgment you judge you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured back to you Practically repeating that. Now, why am I making that comparison? If you've been quoting this one very time, you give an offering or you sow, you better get ready that this verse is also as important as that one. Is that okay? So, having established that, I will just quickly look at what judging is not before we do business with what I believe God has laid on our hearts today, which will be a key to our freedom. And so, the title of the message shall be freedom from human judgment. Freedom from human judgment. So, what is it, what does it not mean to judge? Or what judging people is not? Number one, it is not universal acceptance of any lifestyle or teaching. That's not, because uh, I'm, I'm accepting everything that everybody teaches or preach or the way whichever way people behave and People want me to accept that, and if you accept that, that means you are not judging me. No, that's not judging. For me, pushing back and saying that that thing you are doing is not right, that thing you are doing is not okay, is not necessarily judging. Number two, it is not abdication of the word of God in theological or moral issues. We must make and take a stand on what is good or bad. Amen? So, judging does not mean that uh, because I'm pushing back, I'm saying, you know, we don't need to do that. It does not mean... Number three, quickly, it is not absence of correction or rebuke where necessary and needed. Judging does not mean that... Uh, so not judging does not mean you are now you know, not correcting or you are not rebuking where it is necessary or needed. And number four, finally, it is not the postmodern principle of everyone is entitled to their own opinion. It is not the postmodern principle of everyone is entitled to their own opinion and there is no absolute right or wrong. That's the postmodern principle. Anything goes. So we are all right as long as we feel right about what we are doing. So if I now say, well, the scripture does not accept that, you can't say I'm judging you. That's not judging. So I will settle on that carefully. We now go on to the thing that it means to judge. But let's look at what was the context in which the Lord Jesus Christ spoke these particular two verses. Now, the Sermon on the Mountain, please echo the answer with me. Is Matthew chapter what to what? Chapter 5, chapter five. Chapter. Seven. Thank you. Those are the Sermon on the Mountain. So, um, for, starting from chapter 5, the Lord Jesus Christ started with the beatitude. Remember, blessed are the... And he listed them. Then he went and listed a few other things that address moral issues. The issue of anger, the issue of lust, the issue of divorce, the issue of, um, what does he mention again? Swearing an oath. No, The issue of prayer in chapter 6. The issue of fasting. So Jesus Christ listed very practical things for them. And he was comparing their practice with what God wanted them to do. But the Lord Jesus Christ also recognized that as he was rounding up the sermon on the mountain, there were people listening unto him who will know someone somewhere who must have been guilty of what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying. And he was also aware that many of them will run away with the idea and say, Ah, Master, correct. I have noted that that is what she has been doing. Tell her. You remember we say that. He said, Lord, preach it. And so Jesus Christ said, before you run away with that, let's put on the brakes. It's not about you receiving the salmon for someone else. It's about you receiving it for yourself. That was the contest with the Lord Jesus Christ said, judge. You know, because in verses 3 and 4, he mentioned that you cannot have a log in your own eye, which was more of, um, of uh, what do you call that now? Um, which was more, it's not a joke. What do we call that now? It, it was more of uh, um, eh? metaphor. And um, there are some people the way the way you know you 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 he was using it to elicit humor. It was humor. You know, you know some of the humorists. What they do is that they wear exa- exaggeration is form of humor. You know, there are different categories of humor. There are ironic humors. There are exaggerations. There are is there or the or all sorts of humor that they, they have. So, Jesus Christ was kind of using humor to tell them, he said, you that tend to, to take a speck, you got it, nobody can have a log in their eye. So, what the Lord was expanding onto them there is that, please, before you start concentrating on what I need to sort out, let's concentrate on what you need to sort out. Amen Unto that one. All right, so... We will now see that it is the key unto most of the victories that we are looking for in our lives. In fact, some of us, we are in some of the challenges we are facing because we have run foul of that very important part of Scripture. And we seem possibly to be reaping the work of our hands. We've judged others. We've said, oh, no, I can't. I can't. No, no, no. How did he get there? And I will mention a few things that today we shall repent of. Today we shall get freedom from. Because it's a constant thing I've seen in life. And it's taking me years myself to recognize that you need to be very, very careful and take this verse of scripture seriously as I receive rema from Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Is that sorted now? Amen? Is that sorted now? So please, I beg of you, listen carefully what it means to judge others. Number one, it means forming an opinion about someone else with a tone of finality, you form an opinion about somebody else. With a tone of finality, was it Robbie that taught somebody in a village? Is that did I get the name right? Where is she? Is that Robbie? Right. That somebody in the village was chasing her. The, the lecturer putting a note of finality upon her. The classmate believe that she can't make it. Forget it. This girl is just in class to come and waste her time. But God surprised them. But God turned it around. That is judging. Never ever, I beg of you one more time, write anybody off with a note of finality. Hallelujah. Never. Never say, I don't think he can make it. Never say, she will end up badly. Never say even that she's so lazy. She she may not go very far. Never, never, never. You are judging. Can I hear a man on that one? Remember, I'm not saying you should not correct. Are you hearing me? I'm not saying you should not rebuke. Are you hearing me? I'm not saying you should not stand for the moral principle you need to stand for. But don't put any note of finality on anything on anybody. Not even on politicians, I'm sorry to say. Don't write anybody off. Because when we do that, God may count it against the person. Here, are what the scripture says in Romans chapter 14, verse 4. Romans 14, verse 4. He said, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. He will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. New Living Translation puts it better. He said, Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their home master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, I put anyway there, they will stand and receive his approval. Don't judge anybody. Micah chapter 7, verse 8. He says, Micah 7, verse 8, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me don't use note of finality over any human being. Is that understood? And as you do that, so how do I do it? Since we don't have time to go back and do the opposite, how do I do it? No matter what you are correcting, let it be known that you are correcting an act or you are judging an act and not a person. There's a difference between judging an act and judging a person. And you can separate the act from the person. It's quite possible. You have stolen something, does not necessarily make you, make you to, does, should not necessarily spoil you to call the person a thief. And I know people will need pick here. I know people will say, oh, Pastor, come off it." But you know within your heart, you can drive it home to somebody that's there. the way you are picking things that are not yours is not good. Stop picking things that are not yours. But when your first statement is that, ah, you are a thief. And that person stops being A, B, C, or X, Y, Z. But now what? That's why they call Bartimaeus blind Bartimaeus. The Bible did not call him blind Bartimaeus. He just said Bartimaeus. He was blind. His blindness should not define him. Don't let issues define people. Amen? Amen? And believe you, I'm not preaching New Age thing. I'm preaching scripture. Check Jesus Christ, our Lord. All the disciples that were after him, he never, in fact, those of them that had bad names, he gave them good names. He changed their names. Names are important. And be very careful with your spouse. Be very careful with your siblings. Be very careful with your children. And the Lord will help you as you do so. What was number one again? How we end up judging people, number one? By forming with a note of number two judging other means judging others means paying undue attention to their feelings without first acknowledging the peculiarities of their circumstances paying undue attention to their feelings without first acknowledging the peculiarities of their circumstances Circumstance. To make it easy for you, let me use the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, how He did it. In Matthew chapter 26, He has the disciples to help Him and stand by Him, what He called them to do, and they were failing. Clearing and clear cut failure, the disciples had. But hear how the Master dealt with it. Then He, Jesus, came to the disciples, verses 40 and 41 of Matthew 26. Then He, Jesus, came. To the disciples and found them sleeping, and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? He was disappointed, was he not? Then what did he say? Watch and lest you enter into. What was his concluding statement? That's a good leader. You want to do it, but we walk on those areas who are struggling and that spoiled them, no wonder we can saying say Jesus took stark illiterate that even the contemporary were at that time in, in, in Acts chapter 4 verse 13, they said they took knowledge that they, he said they knew they're ignorant men, these are, these are unschooled people I mean those are, these are people that probably didn't have any school certificate at all, they didn't go to school and yet because of the handling of Jesus, he was able to get something out of them oh, that you will be handled very well yourself oh, you are not saying a good amen And all that the Lord will teach you to handle, Lord, that's very well in the name of the Lord Jesus. It makes a world of difference. It could be hard. Oh, am I talking down to you? It's an area in which I have failed many times. And usually when I teach with passion, it's because I myself am under the same sermon. Believe you me, it's easy. Because many of us, we grew from backgrounds in which none of these things, how we turn that way? Was it a Pastor Ruben that was leading one prayer? So I don't remember. It's definitely, I don't know where. Where you was. Oh, you are in my office. It was a private conversation. That should not have come up here. We we're talking about something totally different. <laughs> because I remember your face. And you said, how we turn out. Totally different from the we We're talking about something different. You said, how we turn out the way we are is only the grace of God. And God bless all our parents. They tried. But for some reason, to be honest, maybe because the challenges in our time were not as many as the challenges now. still turned out somehow all right but the circumstances now that the children of today are facing they're not the circumstances you face oh you don't you you don't know what i'm talking about i grew up in a small town and i didn't know anything called same-sex relationship until i got to lagos the lagos students and i was in university at that time you lagos people god bless you and those that went to boarding house in lagos they were talking about i said what's that they call it Sodo or something like that. They say, I, just say, it was, I mean, every other evil or whatever, we did it in my little town. But this one is PhD level. <laughs> so I cannot deal with people of today who have been grown from age six. The way that I the the, the, the advantages that I have. I grew up in an environment in which the whole village raised me up. I couldn't pick a cigarette or smoke because before I get home, I will have received about 10 slaps, and my mother will add another 5 onto it. (laughs) I'm growing up in a different environment. And God help the teacher that touches the child now. Oh, oh. Even God help the parent that touches the child now. Turn up next Saturday to come and hear. <laughs> I'm going to talk a lot about that. Different environment. We must come up with different strategies. So you need to factor all those things. Jesus Christ, long time ago, gave us how to do it. Because of our time. Number three, very quickly. So our number one is what again? Because this should remain with you. Number one, once again, forming an opinion about someone. Uh-huh. With a tone of, number two, paying undue attention to their feelings without peculiarities So that. Thank you very much. Number three, when we show contempt, and contempt means disdain, disrespect for people. And do you know it's very easy to do, especially by people that you can say they are very annoying. You know, some people that are very annoying. Beware of them; they can get you into trouble. Their behavior, everything—when everybody should keep quiet, they will talk. When everybody should sit down, they will stand. And not because anything is wrong with them; they're just awkward. And before you know, immediately they come around you. Just you, just feel irritated. I say, what's wrong with you? Come on. They, that's just who they are, but they are trouble, in more than one way. Not only are they irritating you, they're also troubled by getting into trouble. Irrespective of the way they behave, you can't afford to show contempt for them. You can't afford to show disdain for them. You can't afford to look down at them, oh, you said this, and just look at them as, you know what I mean, like number two in the toilet. And sometimes that's exactly the way we look at people, isn't it? You know what the Bible calls that? Judging. Oh, maybe this man is stretching it too far for you. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Romans chapter fourteen verse ten. But why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? Is that in your own Bible? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. easy to show contempt for people? Talk to them, talk to them, talk to them. They just irritate you. But the Lord says, be careful, don't do it. Number four. We judge others when we have truckloads of advice for them. We have truckloads of advice for them and just a handful of empathy to give them. <laughs> and we can't us. God help us. Because all the things that need to be done, they are just flowing from your head. If you don't watch it, you are not even connecting onto them. And they came to ask for advice. And before you know, do this, do this, do that. No time I thought to even say, ah, this is what you are going through. We have truckloads of advice. And people have mentioned that before. You know that very clearly. Nobody cares how much you know on today, how much you care. Another one says that people will forget what you say, they will forget what you do, but they will never forget how you. Make them feel. Can make people feel. And that's going to be another point that I will bring to you very shortly. Be very, very careful. Don't jump. Here, a very interesting writing from the scripture. Job chapter 16 verses 1 to 4. Job 16 verses 1 to 4. Give us the new living translation, please. Then Job spoke again. Now chapter 16 was after all the friends of Job they have advised him, the Tamar, and all the rest of them, you know, used to know all their names. When I read the book of Job almost once every other year, it's been a fairly long time I read it. So, very funny book like that. And they were just advising him, it's because you sinned, it's because you didn't do that. And so, Job, and being a righteous man, well, just got tired. Now, he the response of Job onto the truckloads of advice from his friends. Why they didn't even bring a fingertip of empathy to him. Job spoke again. I have heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop blowing hot hair? What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. Hmm. Everybody say, hmm. That's the truth. Ponder. How many you have done exactly the same about? Just ponder. Especially when things are not working for people. We quickly, friend, when I'm looking at this person, there must be something somewhere. Sometimes there is nothing anywhere. It's a trap for you yourself. Because God will bring them out. And you, you, the person who is pointing fingers might be the one, not my own finger I'm pointing here. <laughs> you need to be careful, hallelujah. You know, the person might be the one that's in trouble. I beg of you, don't, don't, don't be too quick to advise people. I think it was in um, James chapter 4 verse 1. He uh, said, we should not be many teachers. James chapter 4, uh, if you put verse 1 there, please. It's not in my notes, but I think you should be James chapter 4 verse 1. And you can put it in the Living translation. We are very short staff upstairs, I know. Oh no, it should be chapter 3 then. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. That just came to my head now. There's some brothers. not many of you should become teachers in the church. (laughs) So do the spirit class. (laughs) For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Do you think I love jumping on this pulpit? You must be joking. Somebody was telling me that, you know, maybe I get special preference. No. No. What you may get away with, I may not get away with it. He said, because you know. Unto whom much is given, much is, ah, is required. And sometimes, um, hello, Robbie. She was really preaching today. And um, UFOMA too. Uh, you still need to tell me that broken you spoke. And then all the testimony were fantastic, you know. And something was going in my heart. I said, Oh, these people, I should start giving them a microphone. They they seem to love talking very well. (laughs) (laughs) But the truth of the matter is that standing to preach comes with its own challenges as well. So be very careful in spouting out ideas too quickly. Number, how many have we done? Uh, Are you sure? What's number four again? All right, thank you. Exactly. I didn't hear what you said, but that's okay. Number 5, when our advice leave people feeling inferior and we walk away feeling superior. When our advice, and that's why even when we preach some of us we are very wordy, you know for the same reason that we pick in our words that we don't knock people down. It's very easy to list in bullet points what you need to do, what you need to do. But yes, you balance it. There's someone there who may just be of course people will be offended, and we're not just trying to please everybody, but at the same time, don't offend people unnecessarily. Offend people don't just talk here. That's the way I talk. Where that's the way you talk, change the way you talk. You know, I'm very frank. When people start want, people want to talk to you, and the first statement is that you know, I like speaking the truth, just leave. Don't let them say the truth. But they're gonna hurt you. You know me? I like to say the truth. Just leave. Just leave. Don't say, okay, I'll see you later. Because what is coming, better get ready. Some, I like saying as it is. There's nobody that can't say it as it is. But after you push them down, you pull them up. Very easy. Because there are many people that are broken today. Receive all sorts of. And one of the things you need to understand, despite the fact that by the special grace and mercy of God, I'm pastoring one of the best churches in this city. I I hear stories. One of the best. If not the best, in terms of cohesion, in terms of, you know, not given the shepherd problem. I hope you are aware of shepherd abuse. You are aware? Oh, pastors get really, really abused. You don't know that. I mean, I've received all kinds of things in my time. That if not, that the Lord decided to, I was going to pack it up and go back to my previous day job. Can't find out. Some real that people will write things to you. People will say things to you for your face like this. After service, they sit you down. <laughs> That's what I say. I don't want the best churches. I don't get that awful here. There are churches with that is a regular occurrence. And when I read pastors' blogs, oh, man, my heart bleeds for them. No wonder, 8,000 pastors leave pastoring in the U.S. every year. How many churches do they have? 8,000 every year. They say, I've had enough. I met one of my colleagues out in the city, and we joked about it. You know, it's, you know a lot of our guys, good trained guys, sound i God, you know, good secular degrees and God took them to theological college and their friends in the ministry. I can count. Three, they've left. i are just doing some teaching somewhere now. God, they've been abused. That's hard enough. Everybody wants them to put in maximum hour but get minimal, report, uh, minimal returns. For every new shirt they buy is church money. Despite the fact they could have been two income family and you are paying them peanuts, I'm telling you there are a lot of things outside there. This household is great. Maybe God wants to talk to somebody here. As so one of them was, you know, I met him in one of the stores. It's a good, good friend, and he said, ah, "It's a Chris," and I called his name. He said, it's "Been a long time we haven't seen." He said, "Ah, he said, yes." So I mentioned his church. I think I'm going to disguise this very well. He said he has slept three years. Really? Say yeah. He says, "I said, what are you doing now?" So into some training, you know, this industry training, you know. There's a lot of room outside there. And believe you me, God forbid. God has not called me to that. I will survive there. Oh, all this training. I will survive there. So people are giving me feedback now. Leaders training. How do you repay hundreds of pounds, you know, thousands of pounds to come and teach them? Inferior to what we teach you now. Will was the first person that I said, Say, Pastor, this is what are used to run in the industrial. And so this guy, they just went there. So I joke with him. I say, are there any application coming out soon? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Of course, there's pastoral abuse as well. Where people just go out and overbearing on people. You are not their God. Speak to them with a lot of respect. When our advice leaves people feeling inferior. strengthening the weak hands. Isaiah 35 verse 3. Isaiah 35 verse 3. Strengthening the weak hands. And make firm the feeble knees. Hallelujah. Romans 15 verse 1. We then who are strong ought to bear the scruples. That is the slowness, the hesitation. That's what scruples mean. We ought to bear the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. And not to make ourselves look good. Why can't you get it? Why is it taking so long? Why can't you move? We've asked you to come for water baptism. Why have you not done it? Why, 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 why? Am I saying we should just be relaxed and not encourage people? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that do it with a lot of sensitivity. The world is lacking in sensitivity. We're not sensitive. Don't say anything we like. Finally, we judge others when we assume that we know their intentions. We judge others when we assume that we know their intentions. The typical human being judges himself by his actions, his own actions, and judges others by their hearts and their intentions. Yes. Judge others. When I have done something and it's not right, you know my heart is right. You know that's, you know that's not what that's not what I intended to. Do. It's just it's just it's just a physical mistake. But before he does anything, he's up to something. He's got an agenda. I know that he's re- he really really wanted to hurt me. He didn't want to. Why can't you just believe that it was an error that he made? It Was not after you. Then when we do that, we're going to estrange people. But don't ever forget, brethren, that is only God that knows the hearts. Amen? Or you you know human hearts? You won't know human hearts on a day-to-day basis. Because if you do, you're already God. That's why the best of prophets, God hides things from them. Do you know that? The best. And I know good prophets all over the world. They don't call themselves prophets. And these are people you are walking to the office, they will tell you already what you're going to. And God has shown me one or two things about one of you here, in fact, overnight. He does it very rarely. If God does it in your own case, that means an exceptional case. We need to be careful. God only knows the heart. What does he say? Acts chapter 1, verse 24, very quickly. And they prayed and said, you, O Lord, who knows the heart of all? Show which of these two we have chosen. 1 Samuel sixteen 7. 1 Samuel sixteen seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Don't make yourself a God. You are not. But don't make yourself God. You can be a God, but don't make yourself God. The God, the only living God. So, how should I deal with others? Very quickly, bullet point. Number one, let your goal be repentance and restoration and not remonstration and revenge. Let your goal be repentance and restoration whenever you are correcting, whenever you are saying anything. Let it be repentance and restoration and not remonstration and revenge. Number two, always remember your own self. This, even if you don't think about it, I don't think about that all the time. Always do what? Remember your own self. I use remember your own self because that's exactly how the King James version puts it in Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Galatians 6 verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be don't carry whistle and blame all around. Consider your own self. You are standing today because God is helping you to stand. Some, their life opposition, their life mission is to be picking holes in other people's life. And as they are doing that, their own life is turning to rags as well. Nobody has called you to be another man's judge. Run your own race. Remember yourself. It is almost a universal. Principle that I've seen in the short time that I've been a believer 35 years going to constant, it's never changed. When anybody decides to deal harshly with somebody without consideration and thinking of their own humanity, they always, always, always fall into the same error without fail. It might be simple things on home level. I've heard of situations before, God forbid, God, God forbid. In which there were a couple... I don't know whether... God, we've prayed, we prayed. You said, Lord, let your word come with power and liberty, isn't it? uh uh-huh. You know how God, God answers prayers now? Well, so the few things the Lord is bringing up, I know he's attacking, he's dealing with particular situations here. But use this as extreme example to deal with other lesser examples. A known case that I had, I didn't know that personally, but I heard about it, in which there was an unfortunate situation in which, you know, the woman... You know, the man had issues, you know, of adultery and all the rest of that. And in the midst of that, they begged the woman. The woman said she would not. The man said, I'm sorry, did everything. The woman refused. Everybody begged. Everybody did. And because she had been absolutely upright and okay. You know the rest of the story. Guess what? When she did that, she did it with five men. Five. Five. Not knowing that God that has been shielding her. And none of this thing is a license to do evil, far from it. It's just the reality that anyone that will be free from human judgment. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17, we mentioned that on Wednesday, didn't we? He said, "No weapon that is fashioned against you shall, and every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment you will. You can't condemn it if you have been condemned by God. Because when you judge others, it's not they that are condemning. It's God that is condemning. Do the rest very quickly. Where are we now? Always remember your own self. Number three, how we should deal with others. Show mercy and you will receive mercy. Show mercy and you will receive mercy. Sow mercy and you will reap tender mercies. So, mercy and you will receive tender mercy. Number four, choose to rather lose the argument and win the person than win the argument and lose the person. When someone is disagreeing with you and you know, absolutely know that you are right and they are getting more animated, let it go. Don't worry. Leave the rest in the hand of God. Which is my last point Anyway. Because I've been there many times. You know, just this person is just not doing the right thing. You just try. They just can't see. They raise their voice. You try and try and try. Just let it go. Because at the end of the day, you will drive in your argument and the person will probably just go on their own and do what they want to do. So your best bet is to keep the line of communication open. Keep praying for them. And that's why the best way to deal with people is to get out of the way and let God do his work. Get out of the way. Romans 14, verse 4. We read that before. He said, Who are you to judge that man? He will stand and God will make him to stand. Hallelujah. God will answer her prayer. God will answer his prayer. God will turn the circumstance around. And you know what? As you do this, no judgment against you will stand. No, you can't stand. You won't stand. But please, let me preach the full scripture because I've gone deep into this preparing and I said, Lord, doesn't really look like a real topic that uh, I don't know. I don't know, Lord. And then all this is what I said. The thing is that if all the declarations made on Wednesday we are to stand. Take note of this. Because we made serious declaration on that day. Serious. But it must be predicated on this. Or else we will have made only empty boast. And our boast shall not be empty. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody shall judge you. And if they try, they shall not stand. Because you will not judge any other person. You will show them love. You will guide them. The master warned us we have had this, master, and we have had this warning from the scripture today. Jump on your feet with me. We pray just three prayer points very quickly. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of this? All right, and we shall run with it in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus where do we think we should start in our prayer today any suggestion eh? forgiveness father forgive me ah oh okay. god that's not forgiveness that's... Father, forgive me father forgive me all my errors and cleanse me forgive me all my errors of judging others, and do what? And, uh, Father, forgive me of all my errors, and, and do what? Verse John chapter 1, beginning from verse 7. If you say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not enough. But if you confess our sins, it is faithful and just to forgive us all our righteousness, and to, to forgive us, and to cleanse us from forgiveness must be followed by cleansing. Cleansing means that the stain of it will need to be removed. And when the stain is removed, you will not attract the ants and the flies and all those things that are contrary, that may want to get stuck unto you. So that our cry will be, forgive, O oh God. Forgive us, Lord. Let's stand together and cry unto the Lord now. But if you don't have anything to ask the Lord to forgive you in this area, just pray for the whole group in this room and just say lord forgive us you know we all need it one from another or there may be somebody who needs this forgiveness more than me forgive us lord where we have been hard on people where we have been sensitive where we have judged where we have been unkind with our words where we have taken the left the high pedestal and and looked down on some other people where we have been snobbish oh lord forgive us today your word has told us we are taking us somewhere and we need to get this out of the way. Let your blood wash us. Cry unto the Lord with me, folks, and let it be genuine. Let it be from the bottom of your heart. If you remember a particular situation, it might be being small little things, my being small little things, it might be being small little things, you always burn the soup. You always burn the soup. You have already put in a note of finality upon it. And guess what? Tomorrow you are burning the soup as well. You need, you need, you need, you need to ask for forgiveness. You know, you don't put the things in the right place, of course, and don't make it final, just keep encouraging, keep, keep guiding, but don't lock anybody in their wrong dream. Forgive us, oh God, forgive us. I hope somebody is crying unto the Lord who forgives right now. In Jesus' most wonderful name, we have prayed, and I stand in the name that's above all names. That who has promised that when we call upon Him and ask for forgiveness, we will forgive. We are hereby forgiven in Jesus' name. And all the stain of it is hereby removed from our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Number two, you will declare that I choose to show mercy and love rather than judgment and law. Some of us we know how to code the law. All the Bible verses against other people are burning in your head. The Bible verses against you, we don't know it. You know, all the Bible, because that's your own era of strength. It might be, you know, it might be you are not, not disposed to stealing. All the Bible, you know, this is, an, you know, it is the Eighth Commandment or whatever it is. You know the verse it is. It's a he that stealeth, let steal no more. But from now on, you will not be waving the law. Hallelujah. Only one person does not want to be waving the law. You won't be waving the law. Of us. So shout with me. I say in the name of Jesus. I choose to show mercy. Uh, we can do better than that. I choose to show mercy. I choose to show love. And I will not show judgment and the law. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. Your confession shall be your possession. Just about to pray one more prayer point, and we shall be fine. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Cry unto the Lord, Lord, is my choice today. I will walk in absolute love and mercy. Absolute love and mercy. By your grace and by your power, I choose to show mercy and love rather than judgment and law. In the name of the Lord Jesus with my relationship, with my brothers and sisters, my relationship, with my wife, with my biological children, with my spiritual children, with my elders, with everybody, oh God, I will show mercy and love. I will show mercy and love. Even peradventure, adventure, God has shown me the weakness and the nakedness of someone like Japheth and Shem, cover their, their, their father. Oh, Lord, I will cover those who by paraventure I discover their weakness in the name of Jesus. I will not be a harm. oh God, who was hamstringing himself, whose generation were cursed because he decided not to show mercy and kindness. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I hope you pray that prayer. And it will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Finally, you will pray. And we take that prayer point from 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 14. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 14. And David said to God, one of the tribes of Israel, I am in great distress. No, God was the prophet that went to him, sorry. He said, Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great but do not let me fall into the hand of man. Do not let me fall into the hand of man. Do not let me fall into the hand of man. You will not fall into the hand of man. Oh, it's the greatest prayer you can pray. If there's anything to correct you, let God correct you himself. Even the best of men, believe you me, they will show their human nature. May God correct you himself. David knew God, though. He knew what he was talking about may God correct you himself. You will not fall to the hand of man in the name of Jesus. They don't know where to stop. They don't know where to stop. Once they get the advantage over you, even though God sent them to punish you, they will exceed the limitation of God. You won't fall to the hand of man. Whatever needs to be fixed in your life, God will fix it between you and him. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So you say in the name of Jesus, Father, do not let me fall into the hand of man. Above all, deliver me from the hand of human beings. Set me free from human judgment. Set me free from human punishment. Oh God, I release myself. Do anything you want with me. But do not let me fall into the hand of man. Do not let me fall into the hand of man. In all situations, oh God, might be for my ancestral problems, might be for my personal problems. Do not deliver me into the hand of human beings, oh God. Oh Lord, sort me yourself in the name of Jesus. And nobody will be able to judge me successfully. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Somebody say, I'm free from human judgment. In the name of Jesus. Including court cases against you, you are free. Including, uh, including cases that you have with your employers, you are free. Including cases that you have with governmental agencies, you are free. They will not determine your case. Your father never will determine your case. Because you are going to obey the word of the Lord. Grace to obey it, we have received right now. I remove all our cases from the hand of men right now in the name of Jesus. Human means we don't have the last say, not your employer, not a government agency, not your parents in laws. We are in the hand of Jesus, not even your spouse. God personally will sort you. And you will come out glorious in the name of the Lord Jesus. No human judgment over our lives, I decree in the name of Jesus. No human judgment. No human judgment. You've seen from afar off, and they say, oh. And they meet regularly, discuss it. How far has she gone? How far is it going? But today, all they are coming he said, because he says in that in, in that um, Isaiah fifty four, starting from verse fifteen, he said he said indeed they will gather. He said it's not by me. He said they will gather. Don't worry, gathering. Many of you don't start, don't even scatter the garden. Let them gather. He says it's not by me. And whatsoever tongue shall rise up, he concluded in verse seventeen, shall rise up against you in judgment. You will condemn. So we stand together. We say, we condemn every voice against us right now in the name of Jesus. And they stand condemned. And we are free. This month of freedom, we are free. And if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. We are free in the name of Jesus. Free. Somebody that been saying, that marriage that person that you married, you will suffer there. That's what they were saying. But he asked me to tell you, you are not suffering there. You will enjoy there. They are not your God. There cannot be a note of finality. He will turn it around. He said, and God is able to make him stand. And yes, he will stand. And that is you. Stand, you will, in the name of Jesus. Rising, you will rise in the name of Jesus. Victorious, you will be victorious in the name of Jesus. There's that person that somebody is expecting that you are rising too fast. It's about time to stop you from rising. I speak in the name that's above all names. That there shall be a barrier between you and them. Whatever they are grabbing will not be you. Whatever they are pulling down will not be you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Rise You will rise. Upward movement will continue and nothing shall bring you down. You that they have told that for some reason somehow, somehow that cry of yours that they are enjoying that's what we can spirit do. And that's right from today. Cry before no human being anymore. Enjoy that cry. The Lord says, He will wipe away your tears. And if they don't repent, those tears we end up in their own eyes. You will weep no more in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever the thought is impossible, the Lord God who has the final say. Who has the final say? Who has the final say? Answer me, answer me! I say, who has the final say? J.